Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Ventuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. It's great to be here with you. Uh, it's amazing to me uh, how we can connect in this way. We welcome you from around the world. Uh, we're still uh, stuck in the United States and uh, just really longing for our church family, longing to get back. Uh, but uh, for now, this is going to have to do. It's good to be with you. I wanted today to look at uh, an idea, an idea of what if we approached our relationship with God as though we were approaching an interview. Uh, I think many of us have uh, done interviews for jobs. What if we approach God uh, as we would approach an interview? And we'd be asking the question, what qualifies us for an enduring, life-changing relationship with God? What qualifies us for this relationship that God invites us to? What qualifies us for this life-changing relationship? There's uh, been several studies uh, that have been floating around. You can see these on pretty much uh, online, pretty much anywhere in the world. They have these posts of the top 10 reasons or the top five reasons why when you interview for a job, you don't get the job, even though you're qualified. One of the top ones, probably the top one, is that people don't clean up their social media before they actually go to interviews. About half of all companies turn down candidates who are applying for a job because of their social media profiles. My goodness, you don't have to look far for some people to see uh, their real lifestyle instead of what they're trying to portray to the place they're trying to get hired. Another reason why is that uh, they don't do uh, research. They don't know the company that they're trying to work for. Uh, one of the worst questions they say you can ask when you're interviewing for a job is this. So what does your company do? Uh, another reason uh, people don't get hired is because they have a bad attitude. They may have all the qualifications, highly skilled, highly trained, good looking, whatever, you know, all those things, highly recommended, and yet they have a bad attitude and that's the first thing you pick up on. Typically companies don't hire people who actually are talking bad about the bosses they came from. Um, here's another one. This is funny to me. Uh, possibly you just smell bad. Uh, you know, that's one people don't want to tell you about, but possibly when you came in the office, um, you felt the interview the moment you walked in and you got into the presence because you just don't smell good. Possibly you're sloppy. You're, although you have skills and you have training, you have experience, uh, you're just sloppy. Uh, you don't finish things well. You don't follow through. You're sloppy. Could also be that, uh, you don't have references. Uh, one of the things companies are looking for when they're interviewing is they're looking for other people that you worked with to say good things about you. If you don't put any references down, there's probably a good possibility that you're trying to hide those people from ever having contact with your new employees. Um, and this is probably the last one, but uh, this idea of an unrealistic salary expectation. You're expecting uh, to be paid the same as, uh, uh, you know, a movie star or, uh, uh, you know, highly paid uh, singer or a rock star, uh, uh, you uh, need to have realistic expectations. So these are all the kind of reasons why people are not qualified, even though they're qualified. What if we came to God with this idea of what would qualify us to have a meaningful, life-changing relationship with Him? Uh, what would we do? Now, a lot of us uh, do a lot of things. We, we work hard. We try to dress up for Him. We try to sound good. Uh, we try to do a lot of good work. Uh, to get people to be impressed with us so that we think possibly this will also, you know, get God to be impressed with us. So 
in many ways, uh, we are disqualified because we don't understand really that the bottom line is, is that the only one who can qualify us for an enduring, life-changing relationship with God is God himself. What qualifies us? We are qualified because Jesus invites us. We are qualified because Jesus saves us. We are qualified because Jesus trains us. We are also qualified because Jesus is the one who actually sends us out to tell the world that he saves. Paul, uh, one, of the, one of the biggest figures uh, that are recorded in the Bible, uh, Paul, Paul gives us an illustration of, of, of qualifications necessary to have an enduring relationship with God. Uh, he does this in a lot of his letters that he writes to his people, just making sure that the people that are receiving his letter understand that he's qualified, that he's qualified to be a missionary, he's qualified uh, to be a child of God, he's qualified to be the one who can actually influence them to better living. You see this often in his letters. The book of Galatians, his letter to the Galatians is no exception. He writes and he begins his letter basically like he's being interviewed by the Galatians as to his credentials, his qualifications to speak into their life. And, and uh, he begins uh, in verse 1 of Galatians 1, and he says this, This letter is from Paul, an apostle. I was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. He goes on to say in verse 10 of Galatians 1, he says, Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my go, I would not be Christ's servant. So he starts the tone of his letter by saying, Guys, listen, the reason why I'm standing for you, the reason why I'm writing you, uh, my credibility, uh, my qualifications, uh, my authority comes straight from Christ himself. And I'm a child of God, he says, because Jesus invited me. I didn't choose him. He chose me. He was invited. Uh, I was once lost, but now I'm found. Paul is saying, I've been found not because of human effort, but because God sought after me. I don't know if you've ever been to these parties where you have to show your invitation before you can get in. Well, this is Paul saying, guys, look, here's my invitation. Jesus invited me to the party, and that's why I'm qualified. We are qualified because Jesus is the one who initiates the relationship. Jesus is the one who invites us. Paul is saying, I'm qualified to speak to you because Jesus is the one who invited me. We see this character of God of, of initiating the relationship, of inviting us to himself all through Scripture. Luke 19.10, when, um, when he went uh, to, to the tax collector's house, Zacchaeus, uh, he, he, uh, Jesus defends his decision to go to Zacchaeus' house by saying to this, he says this to the religious leaders of the day, he said, listen, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. I came to look for and save people who are lost. I initiate. I'm the one going to find them. I'm the one going to save them. John 15, uh, he says, again, making his point that he's the one who initiates. He says this, John 15, verse 16, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear much fruit. This is important in our thinking of God is that God is the one who initiates the relationship. He's the one that gave us the invitation. I am qualified. The only thing that qualifies me, but I'm qualified because Jesus invites me. Paul would go on to say that he's qualified uh, because Jesus was the one who saved him. He had nothing to do with his salvation other than just saying yes and receiving the gift.
All through Paul's writings, he talks about how that we are saved by grace, by God's power alone, only God. And it's Jesus only who saves us. Jesus orchestrated every step of Paul's life. Um, and in this case, incredible. Acts 9 is this whole story of the, the actual conversion of Paul, where Paul is actually in, uh, first meets Jesus. He's riding in. He's been killing, he's been killing Christians. He's been uh, bringing persecution to the church. And Jesus actually, with a bright light, shines on him and blinds him uh, as he's riding in on the road to Damascus. And he loses his ability to see. And Jesus actually says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Jesus actually audibly speaks to Paul and asks him why he's persecuting. He says, Paul asked the question when he uh, was blinded by Jesus. He said this, who are you, Lord? And Jesus said, I am Jesus, the one you're persecuting. He says, now get up and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. So he was blind and they had to lead him. Uh, they had to lead them away to Damascus. And he sat for three days waiting, blind and not eating. Struck, obviously, deeply struck by the invitation and call of Jesus in his life. Well, while that was happening, Jesus actually spoke to a man by the name of Ananias. Ananias, a godly man, was told by Jesus to go find Saul. So you'll find him here, and I want you to I want you to to pray for him so that he will be healed of his of his blindness. And uh, that's what he did. He went and spoke um, to 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 Paul uh, to Saul to Paul, uh, and and went to him to to bring healing, but also to uh, to show him the road to salvation. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter nine that Paul actually not only received his 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 spirit his physical eyesight but also spiritual eyesight. He was baptized that day, became a child of God, and then immediately he began uh, preaching uh, for Christ instead of against him. He had been killing Christians for following Jesus. Now he was actually one of them and preaching that Jesus Christ really is the Messiah, the Savior. So Jesus had been. Uh, Jesus had totally transformed Saul, who he later named Paul. Uh, and, and Paul's life is a testimony of the invitation of Christ and the salvation that can only come through Christ. So, incredible. Uh, this invitation, what qualifies us to be in an enduring, life-changing relationship with God? It's based on the invitation and the salvation that can only come through Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul is saying. He says, I'm, I'm writing you, Galatians, because of the invitation of Jesus and because of the salvation that only comes in Christ. You see this throughout other heroes of the faith, other people who, who read about uh, in the context of the Bible. Uh, Peter being one of those. Peter and John who actually were used by God to heal a man who was crippled. And because of this healing, uh, they were arrested. And when they were brought before their accusers to defend their actions, this is what they said. I love this. This is what they said. They said, Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, uh, the builders, which, which has become the cornerstone. And then Peter says this, and there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven among men by which we must be saved. That, that only Christ, Jesus alone, is the one who can save us. Paul is saying, I'm here today not because I did anything, but because Jesus is the one who saved me. Paul writes in other contexts. Romans 8, he says, uh, who can condemn us? No one, because Christ is the one who received us. Uh, this, 
this ongoing reminder to us that Christ is the one who actually does the saving. Jesus invites us. Jesus saves us. And therefore, we are qualified to enter into this relationship with Jesus Christ. What an amazing thing. Our qualifications come, not because of our good works. Our qualifications not become of the people we know, but come only because of Christ and Christ alone. So, after we've been invited to come to Jesus, after we have been saved by Jesus, well, who, who makes us mature in Christ? Uh, how do we grow up and become solid, strong people of faith, people who follow Jesus anywhere? Who trains us? Who does the training? Well, Jesus does the training. Jesus not only invites us, Jesus not only saves us, but he also trains us. So I'm qualified. We are qualified as followers of Jesus Christ uh, because Jesus is the one who trains us. And Galatians 1 says this, Galatians 1 verse 11. Paul makes a huge point in the book of Galatians to say, listen, all of my training, everything about me that's good is because Jesus initiated it himself. And it makes a point to say that no other man, no man can take any credit for who I am. Christ is the one who's changed my life. Galatians 1 verse 11. Dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. I received my message from no human source, and no one taught me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. I have to say that for a lot of people, this makes them uncomfortable. This thought that everything that you are and everything that you're saying, you're claiming comes directly from God himself. That makes a lot of people nervous who don't understand this abiding, sweet relationship that we, actually, we can actually have with living God. I'm sure that people looked at Paul and said, what, you're, you're telling me that God trained you, that God discipled you? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He explains in detail in Galatians 1, he says after he came to faith, actually he went away for three years on his own. He was gone for three years being discipled by God. It's all in Galatians 1. He says, guys, I was trained by direct revelation from Jesus Christ himself. Wow. Can you say that? Can I say that? That who I am, my, my, my walk in Christ is because Christ himself actually is the one who discipled me, who trained me? 1 John 2, verse 27, uh, the disciple John says this, But the anointing that you receive from, from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. What qualifies us for an enduring life-changing relationship with God? We're qualified because Jesus is the one who trains us. Jesus is the one who disciples us. Our qualifications come straight from our Savior. Now, Scripture here is not saying at all that we do this in isolation or out of the context of people and gathering. The issue here is not that we're not with people or not in fellowship with people or not accountable uh, to the body of Christ. The issue is that where is the source of our training? God uses people definitely to speak to us. He uses all kinds of situations, but he is the source of our discipleship. He is the source of our sanctification. He's the source of our training. So. When I'm in a group of people, when I'm in a church, 
am I listening more to the uh, to people, or am I hearing uh, from God through those people? A question is maybe we could ask ourselves now: Is God training you? Is God the one who's training you? Is the teaching that you sit under from God or around a personality? When you teach, do you do so as an ambassador of God or as an ambassador for yourself? Who are you promoting, God or you, when you're mentoring? How much time um, do you sit in the presence of God uh, in prayer and reading of his word to hear from him directly? Or do you craft masterful presentations to wow your audience with clever sayings and clever words that don't come from God in any way? Are you discipling people so that they can become like you or so that they can become like God? Who's the source of discipleship? We're qualified to have an enduring, life-changing relationship with God because Jesus trains us. Our qualifications, our credibility comes from Christ and Christ alone. So Jesus is the one who invites. Jesus is the one who saves. Jesus is the one who trains. And Jesus is also the one who sends us out to the world to be an ambassador for him and for his sake. And that's what, that's what Paul is saying in the book of Galatians. He's saying, I was invited by Christ. He's the one who initiated the relationship. He chose me. I didn't choose him. He, he saved me. He was the one who trained me. And he also commissioned me. He also sent me out. So I'm here not under my own authority, but by the appointing and by the sending of Christ and Christ himself. Wow, that's incredible. So I'm qualified. Paul is qualified. I'm qualified because Jesus is the one who sends us. He's the one who sends me. Galatians 1 um, verse 15. He says this. I love this. Paul, uh, again, explaining his credentials. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. And then it pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. Listen, Paul is saying something so fascinating here. Galatians 1 verse 15 and 16. It says, before he was born, Jesus actually chose him to be a missionary to the Gentiles. That's incredible. So this whole process of salvation was ultimately towards this idea of being sent out as a missionary. Uh, all this coming directly from God. The Spirit of God sends us. Uh, that's been the pattern of, of, of how God works since the beginning of time. You, you look back, you rewind, go back to uh, the story of the progression of the faith that we see in, in the Bible. Uh, Acts 1.8. Uh, you see the, the intentionality of Jesus to send us out, his purpose. Acts 1.8 says this, You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Our qualifications come from the commissioning of Christ himself, sending us to the world. Acts chapter 2 is the story of, of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came down. And the first thing the Holy Spirit does when he fills his people is that he makes them proclaimers of the good news. What's the first thing that people heard when the Holy Spirit filled his people? They heard the, the good news, the marvelous work of God. 
this, the good news was proclaimed to them. In Acts chapter 2, we see that at that particular gathering, um, there were people represented there from every nation in the world. And on that day, when the Holy Spirit came and filled his people, they began to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. The first thing Jesus does when he changes us is that um, he, he sends us out to be proclaimers of good news. Jesus invites us, he saves us, he trains us, and then he sends us. He sends us. Qualifications come from God. On that day, Acts 2, it says that 3,000 people were added to their number. Now, they went from 100, 110, 120, small group of people, to 3,000 in one day because of the commissioning of the Spirit on his people to be his missionaries. This is the heart of God. This is what he does. You and I are qualified uh, to be missionaries, to be apostles, to be sent ones, because the Spirit himself is the one who sends. Wow, incredible. You keep seeing this, Acts chapter 13, you see Paul and Barnabas sitting with people from all over the world in a group, praying, seeking God's face, trying to hear, and it's the Holy Spirit who says, set aside uh, Paul and Barnabas for the work. And uh, I, I love this. It's just, it, it can't be clearer than this. Verse 4 of Acts chapter 13. So Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. That's what it says. Sent out by God himself. This is what Paul is banking on, the commissioning that has come from the Spirit of God. I'm qualified because the Spirit of God himself sent me. We see this, this this natural understanding that, that in Christ we become his, his fishers. We become fishers of men. Uh, Mark 1.17, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. This is the natural course of when we become a child of God, we are then commissioned to go. Matthew 28, uh, verses 18 through 20, the famous text, the famous commissioning passage from Jesus himself. He says this, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go make disciples of all the nations. Based on Christ's authority, we are sent out to the nations. Uh, we've been commissioned by the Spirit of God based on the authority given to Him by God. Why do we give authority away in our lives? Why do we act like we have no authority as children of God? Jesus has given this to us and we give it away. Why do we do that when the authority that is ours has been given to us clearly by God himself? This is indisputable, undebatable. Our authority to make disciples comes from God himself and cannot be stolen from him. However, we set it aside. We do throw our qualifications away. I'm not sure why we do that. Maybe we don't think too highly of ourselves. Maybe we think too highly of ourselves and not highly enough of God. Or possibly we believe that God's authority is restricted by, by man. That somehow uh, man and groups of men are able to keep us from actually following through on the authority that Christ has given us. How terrible if we set this aside. I'm qualified to be his ambassador. I'm qualified to be sent because Jesus is the one who does the sending. No person or group of persons can steal the authority God has placed on us. Don't let anyone, including you, disqualify yourself 
after God has already qualified you. What qualifies us for an enduring, life-changing relationship with God? Jesus. Jesus does. We are qualified because Jesus invites us. We are qualified because Jesus saves us. We are qualified because Jesus trains us. And we are qualified because Jesus sends us. My invitation, my salvation, my training, my commissioning comes from God through Jesus Christ himself. This is Rico Vecca, and I'm also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today, and it is my hope that you will join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.